Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 33 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's the Aaron Jones version of the Average Cheese. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com and thanks to Andy at thirdeyegraphics.net. Starting next episode, episode 34, we will reveal the new sponsor and maybe two if I can figure out the other thing. So we definitely will have one new sponsor. DDG Customs will come along for season two. If you want to reach out to us, you reach out to us at avgcheese at gmail.com or you can just send us direct message at avgcheese. I fuck that up every time. I'm never going to get this right. I am never going to get that right. Maybe in season two, but you can reach us on Twitter. And if you did want to, we have not left Facebook. We're still there. Although it's not super active, you could reach out to us on Facebook. We are AVG Cheese. Todd, it's good to see you again. How are you? Good, man. Just winter storming here in Virginia. It's funny. They, uh, they like close the schools here so quickly. Man, when I was growing up in Wisconsin, like, this would have been nothing. No one would have even flinched at this. It's like they, they have like a winter storm advisory. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, and start getting all prepared. And there's like two inches of snow. Now, granted, it was an ice storm. It was, it did, the roads get, they did get pretty bad at, at one point. But even that, I was like, that, they would have never canceled school in Wisconsin. No chance. Today, it is 21 degrees and sunny in Wisconsin, and it feels like it's 50 degrees out. It's been negative whatever for so long, the last like 10 days. At 20 and sunny, honestly, it feels like 50 today. Shout out to our our listeners in Texas. We hope you're doing well. Hopefully your power is back on. They listen, you know, periodically. Awesome. But we hope you're doing well, and we hope you're doing well no matter where you are listening to us. Yeah, a lot of people are. This whole storm like ravaged the whole United States. We're supposed to get up to 40 next week. Everybody in Wisconsin will be wearing shorts. Roll down the windows of the car, maybe a motorcycle or two. Right. The roads are pretty clean considering it's February. We've had like 18 feet of snow this month. You'll definitely see people out on motorcycles at 40 degrees. Yeah. Especially if it's sunny out. No helmets. It's just funny because like Wisconsin's one of those, one of those states that'll just never have that helmet law. No, never. You probably want to wear your helmet when it's 40 degrees out, just saying, because it's so fucking cold outside. And a reminder that we cuss for charity. So we're already 75 cents into the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And like Todd and I talked about last time, we will total it up. And I hope it's around $250, $300 for charity. And then I will write that check for next time. And then we'll we'll start over. Do we have to have a disclaimer, like on our podcast, that we have like a... An E for explicit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something Yeah, like that. we do. 
Oh, we do? I didn't even know that. Oh, good. Do, okay. You know that Todd and I have been kidnapped if an average cheese episode does not come out with an E on it. Okay, good. Because there ain't no way. Because I could just see us. We would just get obliterated in court by someone. Because <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. <have> no, <laughs> we have no assets to like back up average cheese whatsoever. No. If you're suing us, you're basically just taking money out of some charity's hands. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Sue us for whatever. It's go for it. We'll have to talk about what charity we want to go, you know, have in season yeah, two. Or just keep it rolling. We'll talk about it off the air. Let's talk yeah. Packer stuff. Let's start with the Hall of Fame. Charles Woodson, who we talked about earlier on in this year, mm-hmm. and Leroy Butler. What are your thoughts on both of those guys? Well, first, I like how you, uh, you might be the only person I've listened to that actually pronounces Leroy Butler as Leroy instead of Leroy. That drives me Almost. nuts. I was, I'm from Wisconsin, right. and we were told many, many years ago that it's Leroy. Yeah, but there's so almost everybody says Leroy, yeah. which just drives me insane when I hear that. Super Southern sounding, Leroy. I think, well, my thoughts on Woodson are, it's, he's just an automatic, right? He's just like one of those brand names that, you know, you see the name, you don't even have to look. You don't have to, like, look at the requirements or whether or not he qualifies. It's just, he's an automatic and then with Butler, I, I think he's just been, I don't know why that guy just never really kind of made it. I don't get it. I mean, I really don't get it because he's definitely better than Lynch, who got in. Right. I think you're like, what was it the first time? There was another guy too. I don't know. I, I feel as though he should he should get be a no-brainer too to get in. But for whatever reason, he's just not that household name, I guess. Yeah, absolute nonsense that remember we talked about Steve Atwater in that that, that was the other name. It was Atwater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we, I can remember the show pretty well. We talked about Donnie Shell, how Donnie Shell for the Steelers didn't make it in years and years ago until the 100th anniversary thing is just complete nonsense. And Atwater, nowhere near the stats of Leroy Butler. And Lynch, same way, nowhere near the stats of Leroy Butler. It's, it's not close. It makes no sense. Like, what is the criteria? There isn't one. Right. It is a subjective. We like this guy better than this guy. And it, again, it's ridiculous that Leroy Butler is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he has 38 picks yeah. in his career. That, I mean, that that destroys a, a lot of those guys like Atwater and Lynch. I want to say Lynch had like 21 or something yeah. like that. It's and not thir- close. 38 is a lot. Yes. That's a lot of picks, man. And he only played. Well, I guess 11 years. So right, but he's a safety. Whatever that equates to, yeah. Right, but he's yeah. not a corner. It's ridiculous that Leroy Butler's not in the Hall of Fame. I just bought some Leap 36 vodka. So if you're listening, Leroy, you're welcome. There's that a his? for your vodka. Is that his? Yeah. I've never heard. Oh, yeah. wow. He's, so I'm supposed to be sending it to a guy in Maryland, and I did not know. You cannot send alcohol legally right. across state lines. I probably right. should have researched that before I agreed to try to do this. We need a lawyer team now. We're going to get sued for a lot of stuff. Explicit language, sending alcohol across state lines. This is a podcast. We can yeah. do say whatever we want. <sighs> at least for the time being. Till we get huge, then we're going to get yeah. sued. But that's okay. So what happened with the vodka? Well, I'm supposed to send it to this dude in Maryland. I oh. bought it here because it's only being sold here that I can see. You want me to send you some too? <laughs> I could break the law twice. Does it have what does it look like? Is it is there a photo of him like doing the leap or something? No, it says leap 36. It's got like a goldish uh oh, wow. 
if I was, well, if it wasn't the middle of the afternoon, I might be drinking it, even though I'm supposed to be sending it to dude. I'll send you a picture of it later. If this yeah. is a video podcast, I could hold it up. Yeah. But yeah, he should be in. No question. I don't know. Maybe next year. Well, you know, as the, the longer it goes, right. the less likely they're to be you know, able to get in. So I don't know. I would love to know the rationale behind people who are not voting him in. Like, why is he not making it? It'd be interesting to know why. He's a a super humble dude. I I think, uh, I can't remember what his quote was when when they talked to him about it. And he was just kind of like, yeah, wasn't my year. You know, kind of attitude. Just like let it kind of roll off his shoulder. You know, that's the kind of person he is. Ain't no way I could do that. Let's talk a little bit about J.J. Watt. Here in Wisconsin, we cannot get away from it. It's on news outlets. It's in social media. I figured. Well, it looks like, uh, I guess they're estimating somewhere around like he's going to want like market value, which is going to be like 17 and a half mil. They're, per season? Yeah. Oh, Ain't no fucking way. Right. I don't see a way. I mean, it, I mean, I'm not a salary cap expert or a numbers guy being that we are average cheese, but man, I can't even, I can't even fathom like how they could squeeze this dude in there. Like, God, would it be great? But you would have to give up. I don't even know how they would structure something like that. That is very unlikely to happen. The 17 and a half million. There is no way that happens with the Packers. Over a course of a couple years, 17 and a half million, maybe. There is no way he gets that in one season. That might be the like. I mean, Bakhtiari's getting over 20 million. And what's Kenny Clark getting? I mean, Clark's in the 20 million range, right? So, I mean. What are you going to give J.J. Watt? I mean, that's 17 and a half. He'll probably get more somewhere else. So? Yeah. If the mar- if his market value is 17 and a half and a team really wants him and they can do it and they can give him 19 and a half or 20. The problem with that idea, though, if the salary cap goes down to 180, 180 million, and now they're talking about it maybe being 185 million, which would really help a lot of teams. There are so many teams over the cap already that it just doesn't seem that doesn't seem likely for him to get because there's a lot of guys that are going to be in free agency and like half the teams are over the cap like half the teams are cash strapped right now there are a couple teams like jacksonville miami cleveland is in an an okay shape who's jj Watt going to play for he wants to play for a ring you know that's what he wants yes he wants to make the money but he's already made a hundred million dollars in his career yeah. That's what he would have gotten paid this next year if he would have been on the Texans. 17 yeah. and a half million. Well, yeah, and he's not going to sign a one-year deal with anybody. He's going to go in probably. No. He's probably going to get at least a three-year deal. I think he's only got maybe three years left. I mean, that dude's been banged up. Quite he's a almost bit. 32 years old. Yeah, I was just going to say he's he knows that this is probably his last shot. He's got to go to a contender, and and this is it. This is the end of his career, and he knows it. The injuries are piling up. He definitely would be, you know, he's definitely going to be a a great addition to anybody's club. It's just a matter of, he's going to pick and choose now. He's going to pick a contender. Of course, his brothers both play in Pittsburgh. So that's going to be in consideration. Yeah. God, that would be strange. That would be strange to see three guys on the same team with the same last name, two on the field at the same time. Yeah. Watt and Watt, like next to each other. Yeah. Could happen. Who knows? The Steelers are a bit strapped for cash too, but the Packers are too. I mean, the Packers, of course, because he's from here, he went to college here. 
His home is here. Essentially, his wife plays soccer in Chicago. All those mm-hmm. things seem to bode well for the Packers, but it's no guarantee. You know, it's what just, if he go to the Bears? But then again, we're talking about a contender. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, there's no way. <laughs> Speaking they're of. that bad, right? They're that bad. Mm-hmm. They don't have the pieces in place. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be their quarterback. Their defense is older than hell. Their defensive coordinator retired. Mike Patton is yeah. now a part of say, their- I was just going to say, we flushed another turd down the down the river. You know, Door County is kind of like the handle to the toilet. Pull it, and like every time we don't need something or somebody, we just flush it on down. We flush it down. And, and, they accept, and you know, it's, it's like they accept it all the time. You know, here's Jimmy Graham. Awesome. Very didn't much we, like the toilet. <laughs> didn't we? They are. It we, will always, we will always be on top sitting on them. <laughs> always. That is a great analogy. We need to have someone on from the Bears, like a Bears podcast, just so you can say that again. Fucking great. I'd have no problem with it. That's, that's awesome. Ty, didn't we flush Ty Montgomery down the river too? Ty Montgomery ended up with the Jets. He didn't end up with the Bears. He was also, well, if, it depends on if you're calling the Mississippi River part of the toilet because he oh. ended up in New Orleans. There you go. At the very end of the toilet, yeah. Not directly, but yeah, he ended up there. So Mike Patton is a defensive assistant. He's clearly not yeah. the coordinator. Yeah, there was a, a, a short article on that about like, I, I think it was like some of the local Chicago journalists or something were like questioning like, what exactly is his title? Because yeah. everybody's like, what do you mean? It's like, we have a defensive coordinator, but like, what is, what's he going to do? And it's like, oh, he's a special assistant or whatever. Good luck. You can have him. Yeah, I know you weren't a huge fan of him. I thought he did okay at the end of this season. I don't know why the Bears have him, but we talked about this previously too. Like Dom Capers, who's like 852 years old and is about to be a fossil, he's on the Detroit Lions staff. Guys just stick around. For ideas, I guess. Like, I don't know. Do they have unlimited cash to just be handing coaches money? What a waste of money. Yeah. Mike Patton. I'm sure he didn't come cheap either. Like, well, I think you said, like, um, I think I was saying, like, I didn't think him or the special – what was the special teams coach? That we John Menanga. Menanga. I think he's pretty much done. You're right. Patton did survive, but anyone can survive. You know, the Bears are always there to pick up – Pick up our shit. Pick up our shit. Or take our shit. Take our That's shit. three. There you go. So last week we talked about our impact players and how they did during the season. And now we're going to review the draft from last yeah. year, what we thought about the draft and what we think, you know, where they're at now. So let's go. Let's start yeah. with the first one. The most yeah, controversial well, one. whole inspiration of our podcast started with the, the draft of Jordan. <laughs> yes, it did. It actually did. It was like enough is enough, and no more texting back and forth. We got to like start voicing our opinions on some other platform. I gave him an incomplete grade. The only thing I could pull up on him was that he was actually, I think he got he caught COVID. That was about it, and he got activated from the reserve COVID list. Transaction that was official transaction that was made with him. Because he never was on the fifty-three the entire year. I shouldn't bash him because that. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's a bad guy, but. I'm just more upset at the Packers than I am actually at Jordan Love. Same here. Like, you can't change what happened to you. He had no control over that. He does have control over the player he becomes. That's part of the problem, right? Like, he looked awful in preseason camp. There were no preseason games, 
So that's going to be a struggle for him going forward. Like I know that that inhibited his development as a quarterback. Next season is going to be big for him. I think he's going to get a lot of preseason reps. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need preseason reps. Tim Boyle, I think, will get reps also in the preseason. I'm talking about games, not not in camp, but in preseason games. I think they will be trying Tim Boyle out for other teams. It will be his dress rehearsal like Matt Hasselbeck had. Well, then who has more value, Love or Boyle? If you right had, now, if, today? I mean, if we were to try to use them in some type of trade or yeah, for leverage. some type of leverage. Yeah. I think that Boyle has more Yeah, right now today. Going forward, if Love can show some of the flashes of what the Packers think he is, maybe he'll have more value later on. So I gave him a grade, which I know, okay, he didn't play one snap. So he Nothing. probably doesn't deserve a grade of any kind. But I'm giving him a C, which is stupid, probably. But I'm giving him a C because we talked about it in episode one. If Jordan Love, the pick, makes Aaron Rodgers more productive as a quarterback, then that's a great pick. And that is exactly what happened. Now, that might not be the straight correlation between the Packers drafting Love and Aaron Rodgers having a great season, but it happened. Both things happened. I don't know if you can tie them together. So I know it's a BS C I'm giving him. But I'm yeah. giving him a C because I felt like he had contributed to making Aaron Rodgers great. Oof. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was always always great. Not as great though. This was his he, best. He could season. benefit from Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Let's go on from uh from Jordan. AJ Dillon. What do you got? I gave him a C, and I don't think this is his fault because I didn't think he was used like he should have been. So I talked about I didn't think he would get 50 carries. He got 46 carries, in the, so I was right on that. Yeah. But at the end of the season, I so wanted to be wrong about that because A.J. Dillon, we didn't know if he had hands to catch the football. He does. Mm-hmm. Does he run? Well, he does more than we thought he would, right, because we okay. thought he was going to be Derrick Henry and not catch the football at all. He can catch the football. Is he going to be – a 50 catches per season guy? No, but he doesn't have to be a complete decoy on third down. He can go out into the pattern and do things. While I think he runs too high, I still think he was the answer in the Tampa Bay game. I think that when the weather is bad and things are going sideways, A.J. Dillon can punch guys in the mouth. And while I think he was poorly used this year at the end of the year, I think he's going to be a player. And I think that if I'm giving him a future grade, I think he's going to be a heck of a running back for the Green Bay Packers. I gave him a C plus. And I thought that and the plus came towards the end of the season where I thought he started, he kind of turned the corner a little bit. In the beginning of the season, I wasn't impressed at all. I'd have to be honest. I mean, he looked very like scared and tentative, extremely. I thought this guy is going to be going through the line at 100 miles an hour, just blasting dudes out of the way. And he looked like he was afraid of contact and just unsure about his footing, where to go, how to make it, you know, a couple of flashes here and there. But for the most part, man, he, he was off to a bad and like really slow start, I thought. Now towards the end of the year, yeah, he did. He pick it up and we saw a little bit more out of him. He scored a couple of times. And then, you know, he also had a fumble. So he does run that old school kind of way with the, you know, the uh, arm under, arm over. And you're like, wow, man. I mean, he, there's no way this dude should fumble. He did cough it up at uh, that one time. I thought he was average. I, I thought he started out the, the 
the beginning of the year below average, and I think he trended towards average. And then towards the end of the year, he looked a little bit more confident, had a little bit more attitude. A couple of times I saw him get up off the field and it was like kind of jumping up and down. He should have been doing this like a little while ago. Looks like he's made the adjustment and who knows? He's going to, he's obviously going to be a replacement for either uh, Williams or Jones. That remains to be seen, but uh, I'll give him a C plus. Round three, Josiah DeGuara. Thoughts on him? I give him an incomplete as well. Uh, even though he did play, he played in two games and then got hurt. He only had one catch for 12 yards. So, I mean, it's hard to really. He had what was an ACL, right? Second game yeah. of the year. He blew his yeah, ACL. Yeah, blew the ACL. So, I gave him an incomplete. But, I mean, you wonder, though, too, is like if DeGuara was healthy and played the whole season, would that have, would we have really seen what we saw out of uh, Tunyon? Hard to say, Hard right? Because then there's I mean, a reduced role for Tanya because he doesn't yeah. come in as much. There's just another you know, one less guy in the field with DeGuara getting hurt. Yeah, that's possible. And, you know, he only played in two games, DeGuara did. In those two games, and I gave him an incomplete two, first of all. You can't give him a grade on two games. That's for sure. Even though I gave, even though I gave Jordan Love a grade and he played zero snaps. I think that in his very limited time, he showed me more than I thought he had. You know, I watched some tape after the Packers drafted him, and I thought, hmm, okay. But I liked what I saw out of him in the very, very limited time, but I still gave him an incomplete. I do like that he's going to be that guy in motion. Yeah. And that he's able to do that and that he's a willing blocker. I like that. He needs to clean that up, I'm sure. He's not going to be a great blocking tight end. He's not going to be Mercedes Lewis. But I don't think the Packers will put him in that role and they will have him moving, which I think makes him a more effective blocker. Whereas Mercedes Lewis is good at the line of scrimmage, like that third tackle, I don't think DeGuara will line up there as often and he won't have to do the things that Lewis did in the past. I tend to think that Lewis is gone. And I think it's Degor and Degora is going to take his spot. That's what I think. Okay. I don't know if they, I don't know if he's about his blocking ability, but I think they'll find a way to to edge uh, Lewis out and and get Degora the snaps because you can't just have all those guys now, right? Someone's going to have to go. We talked about it last week. They had four tight ends this year. I don't know why they couldn't have four next year. I just thought Mercedes Lewis, you know, he contributed a lot to the to the Packers over the years, but man, he looked he's he getting looked, old. He looked old out there last couple. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. So they didn't have a fourth round pick. Kamal Martin, fifth round, came out of Minnesota linebacker. Thoughts on him? I gave him Kamal Martin a D plus. I just didn't. There were so many times during the year where he was just completely. I don't. It's hard to blame him because it's you know because he's a rookie. Patton obviously didn't have him prepared. He just looked like he was just totally in the rough spot on the field so many different times that wise he just didn't really register anything uh significant throughout the year so you know there was a lot of uh, there there were some explosive plays right where he was like blasting through people the guy is no the guy's no stranger to contact i mean if you need someone on the field that is going to like start cracking skulls it's going to be kamal martin right but you still also have to play football and play within a scheme and i think that's where his uh I i don't think he was ready for this year at all stats are not spectacular he played in 10 games remember because he was hurt he had 24 tackles 17 solo three tackles for loss a quarterback hit and a sack okay i mean i gave him a d 
also. I gave him a straight D, not a D plus. I just kind of expected him to be the guy. Talked about it in the first, in episode one. Like I thought that Kamal Martin was the most NFL ready guy that the Packers drafted this year. And he wasn't, simply wasn't ready. And guys are rookies in the beginning of the year and they're rookies in name only at the end of the year. Like when you've played in that many games and that many practice snaps and that kind of thing, they're, they shouldn't be rookies at the end of the year. And Kamal Martin was getting no snaps at the end of the year. None. So what happened there? I mean, I get that you're trying to put your best guys on the field when the playoffs happen, right? I get that a thousand percent. Like you put your best team out there and you try to win yourself a Super Bowl. Okay. And if Kamal Martin is not a piece of that pie, that's a little concerning. And that's why he gets the D grade from me. He didn't really progress. He was more like a liability out there. Is he too much like Barnes, which we'll talk about. Let's talk about the linebackers in a minute, but that that's my question. Did we find a better version of Kamal Martin in Chris Barnes off the undrafted free agent shit heap? Like, that's what I wonder. Yeah. So, Kamal Martin, yep. D for me, D plus for me. Yep. Underperformed. On to John Runyon. What do you think about him? He was better than I expected. When we talked about this way back, I would say that of the three six-round guys that they picked, Runyon, Hansen, and Stepaniak, I would say I thought he was the second best guy, but the Packers clearly had some confidence in him because he came in, what, the Detroit game, was it? I think so. It was pretty early on. I'm trying to pull Or was it, it the Minnesota game? I can't – it was really early on. Yeah, it was. Runyon was out there. That's impressive to me because a young guy, a young lineman coming into an early game like that, and he played well in that game. Now, granted, he didn't get to play much after that, but Runyon played well in that game. I gave him a B, and I gave him a B on very limited snaps, but – that says, I think, volumes when he's playing in a game. You throw him out there instead of, you know, whoever it might be that has NFL experience. Yeah, there was no drop-off with him, right? There was no – I mean, he he really came in and, and filled the void, like, whenever he was called upon. So I, I ended up giving him a B-plus. I thought he was better than average, and, I, I mean, he had no penalties this year. I mean, he, he played in – I'm trying to pull up the how many snaps he was actually in. But, yeah, I, I felt as though, like – he, he might even be one of those uh, guys that the Packers are, you know, the Packers kind of have this unique talent on the offensive line where they have guys that can, they have a couple of guys that can shift around from guard to tackle to to even center. So they have like these guys who can perform, uh, you know, at, at multiple positions across the line. He might be one of those. So I think he can maybe flip from one side to the other or vice versa. So The Packers yeah. have done a great job at, pulling guys late, right? Offensive linemen late. When you look, if you go even historically, you go like Lang, Sitton, Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick. Runyon, Stepaniak, Hanson, all six rounders. I think Jenkins was a fifth round pick last year, if I'm not mistaken. You got Lane Taylor coming back too, off injury. So yeah, they're they're stacked, man. I mean, except for... You know, if they could figure out a Wagner did an all right job, but I, I think solidifying the right side tackle position would be just going back to Runyon. I think Runyon was really good, and we've talked yeah. about it in the past. It's the value you get. 
You pick a guy in the sixth round and he plays NFL snaps in his first season, that's a huge get yep. for him and yeah, for the I, Packers. He performed so, well. He, yeah. he was a great great pick. I think he's got a future with the Packers for sure. The other six-round picks, Hanson and Stepaniak, neither one of them played. Stepaniak, didn't they bring him up? Like, not bring him up, but he came off of that pup list or whatever, or whatever. They, it's not a pup list. He wasn't on IR. He was on the non-football injury list or something like yeah. that. And then he got activated. Then he was placed on injured, injured reserve. So. Okay, so maybe they had to move him. I have high hopes for Stepaniak. And yeah. with Lindsley likely not coming back, Hansen may play a part in that, right? He he yeah. probably moves. Well, let's talk about that next week. But yeah. Hansen is going to have to be a player, or they're going to have to find someone for the middle of that line to play center. Or, yeah, you never know. Or maybe they invest in Lindsley. Who knows? Well, my question, not to get too far off topic, but how does Lindsley make first team all pro, but not the pro bowl? How do players do that? I don't understand that. Is it no the idea, Pro Bowl is like you're voted by your peers or something? We should probably, is, but we both of us should know the answer to this, and I have no well, idea. we're average cheese, so I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like, I don't really give a shit. So. Right. I don't even know, but I'm just <laughs> guessing that, yeah. But yeah, like it doesn't make any sense. Like you're first team all pro, but you're not a pro bowler. Because it's harder to make all pro than to be a pro bowler. Is it? Yeah. I guess so. I guess it's more, the Pro Bowl is more of a, popularity contest yeah than anything else but. i don't know and I, you know maybe we'll have peter on so he can school us on what all this number stuff means yeah we have to outsource that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> right <laughs> we outsource this to the smart guy we have yeah. our abacus and he has his like ti 98 calculator right. or whatever yeah i think it's all in his head man that guy is just yeah he's like a why we have him on he makes right. us better than average instead of below average Exactly. Uh, so those are our six round guys. <laughs> Vernon Scott, seventh rounder, safety out of Texas Christian University. Why don't you go first with him? I gave him I gave him a C plus. So I mean didn't see a man, the guy didn't he started playing a lot more towards the end of the season. Started off with the number of snaps. Let's see, I'm looking at the snaps right now. So like in the beginning of the year, I mean he had like four games where he didn't play at all. I don't know if that was an injury or what, but then he also had one game where he only played one snap. But towards the end of the end of the season, they did pick up his snap count, starting with the Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee, where he was playing 15, 10, and then 26 snaps against uh, Tennessee. So, yeah, I mean, he did have some production in there, it looked like. You know, when you have Savage and, and Amos back there, there's there's not a whole lot of room for Vernon Scott to come in. So, But I think for when for when he was counted on and when, he, and when he did come in, I thought he did a solid job. I mean, in that Tennessee game, he played in almost half the snaps. And yeah. then to not play at all or play like one or two snaps against Chicago is a little bit strange. He didn't show up in the stat line, but I have to remind myself for Vernon Scott, Vernon Scott was a seventh round draft pick and he played because of that. That's why I gave him the B grade. I think that Vernon Scott is, I don't want to call him the future of the Packers, but I think that that's what the Packers are going to want. They're going to want versatile guys. And I think Vernon Scott is a versatile guy. Now, you can't take a safety and make him a corner. Remember the Packers tried to do that with, like, yeah. Demarius Randall, and, and that never worked out well. It usually goes the other way. You go but if you go the other way. to safety, like Woodson. Right. If you go the other way, then you have a safety with ball skills. That I like. You talked about last week having, like, Savage in the slot. You know, if you've got a Vernon Scott that can play 
as the safety, then you can move Savage to the slot once in a while, right? Like if you have guys that can play the game in multiple positions, you can do things like that and get cute with your defense and have Alexander following the best receiver. But if you've got big holes in your secondary, you can't do that. And I think Vernon Scott and I think Henry Black, who wasn't drafted, I think Henry Black is a player too. I think the Packers really have a very – High level of depth at safety, and I think Vernon Scott is a part of that. He played well. I mean, there's definitely some upside to this kid, but I don't know, it just makes me think, like, are they, you know, looking towards, you know, Amos? How old is Amos? Who knows? 27. He's 27. Okay. He's young still and relative. And then the last draft pick, the seventh-round pick, the edge rusher, Jonathan Garvin out of Miami. He's garbage. I have him, I give him a D. I, I didn't see anything out of him at all. What did he have? He had a couple tackles. That was about it. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot. He only played in 85 snaps the entire year. He yeah. played in half the games, eight games. He played at 85 snaps on defense. And then he played a bunch of special team snaps also. I mean, this is, has nothing to do with his performance this year, but like his combine measurements... He runs a 4.8, and I got to say that that's either slower than or right at the same as J.K. Scott. I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm going to look it up right now. I mean, I got to find J.K. Scott now. And if that's true, if that is true, that's embarrassing because I would love to see them have a race at in practice or something. <laughs> Just like you do like kids on the playground? Like, hey, let's race, J.K. So Jonathan Garvin ran a 4.82 for the combine, and J.K. Scott ran a 4.83. So they're literally neck and neck. I mean, if if you if you can't run faster than J.K. Scott, you don't belong. I mean, oh my gosh! I don't think you're giving J.K. Scott enough credit for his athletic ability. Oh my god! Please. That's what I think. Oh please! So I gave Garvin a C. Only because, like we talked about it in episode one, if you have a seventh-round pick and they make the team, I'd say that's a positive. Those are those throwaway guys. And do I think Jonathan Garvin is a great player? Nope. But if I had to give him a grade for this year, considering that I didn't think he was going to make the team, yeah, that's why I gave him a C. He's not spectacular. He's not going to be spectacular. He doesn't have the measurables in that freakish athletic ability to be a difference maker. I agree. Is he going to make the Packers next year? I would say, I don't know. Who knows? I think we'll find out if he makes a team in like March, right? Do they draft another guy? Because Maybe. if they do, I think that says he doesn't even make the team next year. I agree. If you could give the draft a grade overall, what would you say? Wait, what about Barnes? I guess Barnes wasn't a part of the draft. Well, Bar- yeah, you want to talk? Let's talk about Barnes. He wasn't drafted, but he's a part of that draft class, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah, he was a huge surprise. I gave him a B plus. I thought he performed when the defense was failing, and no one else was was doing anything. Barnes was Barnes was stepping in and filling the void. I mean, he was reliable. He was making plays. And granted, there was really no defensive line to speak of other than Kenny Clark. And so, yeah, was was he making plays behind the line of scrimmage? Not that often, but guess what? He was doing all the cleanup and dirty work on the defense and basically holding it together on his own. 
at a lot of different points in the season. If we're including him in the draft class, I give him an A. And again, it's not that he was spectacular, you know, had like 15 sacks or something crazy like that. But we didn't draft that man. He's an undrafted free agent. And as far as value goes, there's no better value than Chris Barnes in this entire rookie class. He had 80 combined tackles. Only one Packer had more, and that's Adrian Amos. So that means he had more than Kirksey, who we needed to be great. He had more than... Well, everybody, but Adrian Amos. Yeah, and, and he didn't even play every game. No, he didn't. How he only played in 11 of the games. My only concern with him is uh, I'm just concerned about the injuries already with him. You know what I mean? It's kind of early for a guy who's an undrafted first year to be banged up that much. I'm, I'm just hoping this isn't like a trend with him where they're just going to be nagging injuries and stuff like that. Because if he's healthy, he's the guy next year. And hopefully they draft someone to be next to him with our new defensive coordinator. But he's the guy in the middle of the field and the play caller, right? He's calling them. He's calling the shots next year. So hopefully he gets healthy and it's just not going to be a career worth of, of injuries with him. So. And you wonder why wasn't Chris Barnes drafted? Now, every year there's these great stories of guys coming out of nowhere. They weren't drafted or they were drafted too low. Elton Jenkins is, I think, exhibit A for why wasn't this guy drafted in the first round? Like they make mistakes. So then why wasn't Chris Barnes drafted? You know, like what did did they know about injury history? Was that part of the deal? Right. Or was it just that he was, you know, that he's only 6'2", 235, which I don't think is tiny, but it's not yeah. a huge, he's not a huge man either. Overall, he, he had, I thought he, he was the uh, one of the biggest standouts on the defense. I said this before, I don't think he's going to be an elite linebacker, but I think he will be an above average player and the Packers are lucky to have him. And yep. it was a huge get for them, for yep. sure. Going back to what we were talking about, if you can give the draft overall grade, what do you think? C minus. I think I, I I think they barely made the the cut of average. I mean, you you had three players that didn't even compete, which I guess is probably factored into any draft class. I would suppose you had some people that underperformed, and only about three that I thought were above average overall. I, I would have to say a C minus. So I think we both gave the draft D's when we saw it so so we actually so they improved from from these well we yeah. what'd you get what what, did, what do you think i would give it a c a straight c maybe even a c plus only because i think dylan is far better than i expected him to be i think that you're, he, you're higher on dylan than i am i am sure and i think deguara is going to be a player too i am disappointed in kamal martin i think he's not going to be the player i thought he was going to be <laughs> But then you have these three linemen that we don't we don't have we don't know what they're gonna do. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So we don't know about the linemen. Scott's better than I expected, and Garvin is you know garbage. But but Chris <laughs> Barnes again being a part of that makes it better than I expected. True, true, true. Let's do some overall stuff. Let's start with the offense. Overall, top to bottom. Okay. Yeah. Offense. All right, we'll just do the offense. You want me to go deep offense defense all the way through or? Just okay. offense. Just offense? Yeah. For offense overall, it was an easy score uh, in A. They were the number one offense in the NFL this year. Rodgers is the MVP. 
I mean, what what more is there to say? I mean, Devontae Adams, career year, Tanyan, breakout year, Jones with another 1,000-plus yard season, didn't even play as many games as he did the prior season. I mean, the offensive line was spectacular. There's really no breakdowns at all that you can really see anywhere. Offensive line, like I kind of mentioned, A, totally shocked by their performance this year. Complete shock with with the addition of Wagner and the the void at right tackle. I thought that they were in deep trouble, and they somehow shuffled that deck around so many different times that everybody just uh, overperformed on every occasion. So that was easy. Backs and receivers, a. I mean, it just keeps on going, right? I mean, I already mentioned Devonte, the breakout year of MVS, the live and die by MVS mode. So he did prove what he is on the field to do, which is be a deep threat. That is his in his wheelhouse. That's what they have to focus on with him. And that's where they have to like put all their stock in him. No more of this like flip sweeps or have him being a ball handler. Send that guy deep. If he catches it, great. If not, it's what he does. It's what he does. Right. Just so and I mean and and quarterback, I mean, come on. Hall of Famer, MVP season, third one. Enough said. A plus for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I give them an A minus as a offensive team. The offensive line was an A all day long, almost an A plus. The problem that I run into is, are we grading the entire season or just the regular season? Because if we're grading the regular season only, I give the line an A plus. They had one bad game against Tampa Bay but they had two bad games and they both came against Tampa Bay. So I give the offensive line an A. I thought that they were great. And yeah, they were shuffling guys all year long and still did things and still were great the entire time. Where we differ, I think, was in the backs and the receivers. And I'll count the tight end group in there too. Because Tanyan was great. Adams was great. I'd say the running back group was great also. But when you go down to wide receiver two, okay, it's MVS. I'd say he had his best year as a pro. Is that what you expect out of a two receiver? There are teams who have number two receivers catching 60, 70 balls. The Rams had two guys with over 90. The Titans had two guys over 90. I don't think the receiver group other than Adams and to a small extent MVS but like Lazard, I, mean, I didn't think yeah. he was as good as he could have been. He, he was hurt. Down. I mean, Lazard didn't play a lot. No, he didn't. Lazard had so, to. So, I mean, MBS had to go step into a number two role, which. He's not. You know, he's, he's not he, that guy. He, he is not that guy. So. No. Well, yeah, I, I think your grades are, are valid. And then Aaron Rodgers, A, a yeah, plus. I mean, I'm yeah, like, exactly. oh, tough, difficult grader. So I can't give him an A plus. But it's he's a teacher in you. Yeah, it's a teacher. I don't give A pluses. You can't do better than an A. Yeah, he was spectacular. Dominant. A million yeah. times. Uh, the defense. defense. Yeah, yeah, so I'll go first on this one. Go. Overall, I think it was a B minus, and I know that you think, man, that seems really high. Like you're high. <laughs> <laughs> and when you average out the grades I'm giving, B minus doesn't seem to make any sense because the defensive line – while they were better than last year and gave up less rushing yards than last year, it's hard to say because we talked and we talked about this before. Was it because the Packers were always ahead and teams couldn't run on them, or was the defensive line better? 
I think they were marginally better than they were last year. Not significantly better than they were last year. The linebackers, I thought, were disappointing, minus Barnes. Kirksey was a disappointment this year. Martin was a disappointment this year. Ty Summers should never, ever see the regular defensive side of the ball ever in his career again. He's a special teams guy in my mind. I just I think that they were a D plus. Mm-hmm. And I again I gave Barnes an A. That means the rest of them I think were just that bad. And then DBs were, I mean, Jair Alexander is an A all day long. Yeah. But then, you know, King, he was up and down. If I was giving King his own grade, it's probably a C minus D plus. Shannon Sullivan did not get better this year. Nope. You know I mean? The rest of the guys were just guys. Uh, th- so I gave him a B minus. So I know that doesn't average out well, I, but I think overall it was better than last year. I gave him overall a C minus. I thought they were on, on, um, below average, uh, just below average. I thought the defensive line, I mean, I talked about Santa all year long and his fat butt underperforming uh, Lancaster. And I mean, Lancaster and Lowry just alone were just deplorable all, all year long. So, you know, if it weren't for Kenny Clark, they, they, it would be an F across. And, you know, I know you love Kenny Clark to death, and, and I do too, but let's face it, he got off to a super slow start. Super slow. It took almost half the season for him to get going. And when you're paying a guy that much money, that's not acceptable. It's got to be game one, and you got to put together a full body work for the whole, full, whole season. So... Defensive line, I gave him a D. Linebackers, I went with a C minus. Again, the only bright spot there is Barnes. Kirksey was everything that, you know, all the fears about Kirksey, he brought to life. All the injuries, the inconsistency. He never really got that defense. He never really came onto to the field as a leader. Like that, that defense needs a leader. And he was put into that position. And I feel as though he failed because clearly Petten is not a good leader either. And then there's there's really nobody else. Right, you mentioned Ty Summers and Burks and everybody else. Those are all failed experiments. I don't think you'll see them in, in Green Bay uniforms next year. Defensive backs, I gave him a B minus. I'll go off of what you said. What can you say about Jair Alexander? People just didn't throw to his side of the field. Period. They were afraid, right? And when he had to make plays, he made them. I mean, he is a playmaking person. King was all over the place this year. He's just such an inconsistent player. I like King, but I'm not gonna feel bad when when it's time for him to go and he's he will not be back next year sullivan underperformed amos slow start he does lend some leadership to it to that unit but i really felt as though he also got off to a slow start as well so overall they did perform better than average so i would give them a, a b minus and on to the special teams you want to go first? The, I gave him a D, and, and it should be an F. The only reason it's not an F is that Mason Crosby didn't miss a field goal all year. So on to kicker, right? <laughs> like I mentioned, I gave I gave Crosby a B, and the reason I did is because he missed four extra points. You can't get an A and, and miss, like, the, the chip shots. You can't. And I don't care if you didn't miss a field goal all year. You missed the easy ones. That's four missed extra points. Sorry, Mason, you get a B. And on to J.K. Scott, who I uh, was beaten up before. Uh, I gave him a D. He ranked 29th in the NFL with punts inside the 20. He only had 16 punts that landed inside the 20. So 
I think he's kind of all over the place too. I love watching when things go bad. I love watching his reactions because it's just super entertaining. It's great. It's great TV watching J.K. Scott try to do something on a football field other than punt the football. So he does have entertainment value, but I'm going to give him a D just based on the inside the 20 punts and, and ranking 29th. And then, of course, coverage teams, absolute F. There's absolutely no chance. Uh, they were the worst in the NFL. They let up uh, two return punts for touchdown. I mean, just on, on returns alone. I mean, their, their coverage teams on kickoffs and punts were just deplorable. So they're going to get an F. So for me, the overall grade I give them is C-, minus. which when I average the grades out, they come to that. But like I gave Crosby an A. And I gave Crosby an A because it's like his really minimal homework assignments, the extra points didn't bring his grade down because he was that good on kicks. He was absolute money. You knew that man was going to make every field goal this year. So I gave him an A. I gave J.K. Scott a B. So he's not great at placing the ball. Like he cannot, it doesn't seem like he can throttle back. Like if he was a golfer, he wouldn't be able to throttle back a seven iron to get, you know, the distance he wanted. He was going to blow it right past the green. Or yeah. he's going to have to use a different club. Do you know what I mean? I don't think yeah. he is great at one directional punting. And I don't think he's great at being able to hit something consistently. But he did average almost 46 yards a punt this year. Yeah, he can. He has a bomb of a leg. Yes. When yeah. he and hits hopefully, it right, it goes. Yeah. I'm hoping that the new special teams coach is going to do something with him. Because he's and, right there as far as talent level. But man, I mean, you gotta be you gotta be able to to nail those those punts down inside the twenty. He has and to be twenty ninth in the NFL, which is the bottom bottom of the barrel. It's not good. It's not good no. enough. I wonder if they don't bring in someone to actually just work on technique with him, because special teams coaches are not usually the punter. You know what I mean? Right. They're not usually former. I'm punters. sure they do. They they must. I would hope so. And and like you said, their special teams, if I could give an F minus yeah. in this case, yeah, they're the Packers at one point were giving up almost 17 yards of punt return. 17 yards of punt Jeez. return. Most of, 80% of the time they fair catch punts for zero yards. I just I have that picture in my head of just Ty Summers coming down. <laughs> Remember that one, on that one return? Yes. It was just like him and and the ball carrier. He just looks so lost. I'm gonna see if I can blow that up and send it to you. Oh, so you awful. It your house. He was just awful. And I just remember, like, if you freeze framed that punt when that guy caught it, I remember you commented that J.K. Scott like bombed that punt, but he bombed it on a straight line. It wasn't like it was like a line drive. Right. So like the coverage couldn't even get there. And no. like if you froze the screen on your TV, the guy caught it, and there was not even another player from the other team back there. Right. He crushed that punt. But, oh. right. but it, it was, was on like a one iron. <laughs> right. It went straight to him. We talked about it before, too. The kickoff return team was even – it was almost equally as bad. Oh, God. Yeah, the when you, only chance yeah. the Packers had was to kick it through the end zone. Otherwise, it was going to end up at, like, the 35-yard line. When you have your number two running back at the end of the season, Jamal Williams – back there you know there's problems malik taylor 
that guy, they were they were so high on him coming out of camp. He sucked. Yes. He was about the most tentative looking ball carrier I've ever seen. It was just like, oh God, get me to the sideline. You know, like he did not want contact. He looked like a deer in headlights back there. Well, teams started to figure it out. Oh, of course. Of kicking it across the line. We're just we're yeah. gonna kick it short and yeah. let you return it 12 yards to the 15 yard line. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Kick it to them. Yeah. yeah they're terrible. God. The, the, the coverage teams and the return teams were absolutely abysmal. I don't believe in firing guys in the middle of the season, but they could have sh- fired Sean Menenga and just let those guys like yeah, stand over on the side. Like they, it couldn't <laughs> have been worse than that. All right. Quick grades on the uh, coaching staff. I'll start out. Um, LaFleur, A. I felt as though he was, he was so on point this year, even more so than last year coming up with different schemes. I mean, he's definitely one of the new, fresh offensive minds in the NFL, man. I mean, he's really got it together for a young guy. So I thought he improved from last year, I felt. That would have gave him probably a B plus, A minus last year. So he, he was definitely in a solid A range for me. Nathaniel Hackett, again, another young guy. Say young guy, he's like 41 or something like that. But man, again, I mean, the three of them, Rogers, Hackett, and Lafleur, all seem to be on high octane, just fueled up and just um, functioning at, at a super high level. So, uh, when you have the number one offense in the NFL and you're the offensive coordinator, yeah, you get an A. And for my buddy Mike, that we flushed down the toilet to the Chicago Bears, my friend, you will get an F. <laughs> you sucked. You didn't. You didn't have guys prepared. When you got Pro Bowl linemen and Pro Bowl, uh, former Pro Bowl safeties that get off to slow starts, you got veteran players who don't know how to lead. You got other players like rookies that are lost on the field who don't know where they're supposed to be. That's on you, dude. That's on you. And I'm sorry. When, you're in the, when you get to an NFC championship game two years in a row and your defense sucks and it's the reason why you, you're not in the Super Bowl two years in a row, that's also on you, Mike. So, see ya. I'll fib. start with him. I'll start fib. with Fenton. He is now an official fib. And they can have him. Just yep. like Jason Spriggs, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> all a- the other turds that we flushed down the toilet. Exactly. I'm with you on all of these things. I thought that the defense was, it was bad in some spots. It was not as good as it should have been in others, and I said this before. But you, to, but you have to grade the coach. Okay. Not the defense. You, okay. Remember, it's the coach who gets the grade, not the defense. That's so fair. Give it I to I believe Patton. that all those things we've talked about are direct correl- correlation with the defensive coordinator. And I give him a D. You get judged in the moments that are most important. And in the big moments, two NFC championship games, it was directly on you, the defensive coordinator, the issues we were having. You need to be able to adjust and change a little bit, and you couldn't do it, and that's why you're a Bear coach and not a Packer coach at this point. So I give him a D. Nathaniel Hackett, same thing. So it depends on how you look at this. Is LaFleur calling all the plays? I think he is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Hackett Hackett's up in the box, right? He's he's up, up up in the box. I think Hackett has influence, and I'm only giving him an A minus because I don't think he's calling the plays. I, I don't think I don't, I'm not giving him an A just because of that. 
And because and Lafleur, I give an A minus to also. You know, we didn't have a podcast when he was hired, but we wouldn't have been super excited about Matt Lafleur the hire yeah, when we when he was hired because he had right. no pedigree as a, a head coach, and the Packers shouldn't be hiring a first year head coach. But they did, and McCarthy too. Same mm-hmm. thing. So right. they've hit twice pretty good. The reason I give him an A minus is the two games we played against Tampa Bay. There was some things there that I was not a huge fan of. And yeah. I don't know if that's a Rodgers calling out of, we didn't run the football against Tampa Bay in the NFC championship game. And I think it cost us that game. So I'm putting that on the floor, although it might be on Rodgers because I do think he checked out of some stuff. So that's it. That's it. That is the end of episode 33. If you are listening and it's you've listened all the way to the end, we appreciate you. We are pushing on 2,000 listens. Wow. So we are hoping to get 2,000 listens in our first season. So if you don't mind telling folks about our podcast, I would certainly appreciate that. Every time we get a listen, that one penny goes to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So you're doing God's work people <laughs> by, getting, by telling people that we got a podcast so push it out to all your friends thanks to all the folks that have listened to us and we have gained people along the way so we must not suck too bad all right, all right. anything else you I'll got next, that's it man we'll put we'll put some uh, other stuff together for next week talk something else out yeah we'll we'll start season two start talking about oh, guys yeah. that may or may not be on the roster next year uh, what's our anniversary do we have an anniversary? We must. We'd have to go back to see the date of the first episode. Yeah, that's true. But it's Must not going to be up. an entire calendar year because we started it in. We have a, uh, an annual anniversary special edition podcast. But what we could do is come up with a show like of like highlights. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> shit that I've said. Oh. Like funny stuff that came up that might be fun okay so someone yeah. listen to all 33 episodes and start marking the tape and then send it to us via email and i'll start cutting it into pieces and we'll put it out on there and we'll have a highlight audio all right that's it See thanks again week. for listening yep go pack go go pack go